to Cyberology, Dakota State University's podcast about all things cyber and technology. I'm Jen Burris from the Marketing and Communications Department. My name is Gabe Midland from the College of Education. This episode, we'll be talking about esports. Our guest today is Andy Rowland, head coach for the esports athletic program at DSU. Andy, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Andrew Rowland. I am the head esports coach here at Dakota State. I'm going on my third year here. One of those years was a COVID year, so I don't know how much we can exactly count that one. We've really exploded since we've been on campus. Our first year was great success. Struggled through our second, just as everyone else did. And now our third year, we're coming in really strong. So... Looking forward to see what the future has for us. Okay. Can you start by telling our audience, in case they might not know, what esports is? Esports is electronic competition, so it's competitive in the same aspect that football, baseball, basketball, all sports. We do the same thing, but instead of football, baseball, basketball, we have League of Legends, Valorant, Overwatch, Rocket League. It's all electronic, all online with uh, PCs, controllers, things like that, and, and that's that. So, Andy, I'm really curious. How did you get interested in esports? How did this come about? Sure. I've been a gamer pretty much my whole life, just like, you know, a lot of the guys at this university are. A lot of people are, you know, this is what you do when you're a kid. You can go online and you can socialize with your friends in this way and, and game with them. So it's always been a part of my life. I've always played like Call of Duty back in the day, played Halo pretty competitively back in the day. I grew up in Texas. Texas is kind of a hub for esports right now. It's like California. In Texas, a lot of schools are developing the scene really well. So, you know, it is a little bit of a case of right place, right time. I was a student at Texas Christian University and they didn't have an esports team at the time. And so I saw it as a way for me to kind of build something there with my time as a student. So I created that program. I played on the varsity team for a year. I was a League of Legends support. We built a team. I built the organization. I ran it for two years while I was there and I fell in love with it the work of it, of, of building something, of creating something and having it have purpose and meaning for those involved. You know, when I graduated, I had a job offer to work somewhere else and I took it as a comfortable thing. I had it lined up while I was in college. I was going to go work for Dell in Round Rock, Texas at their headquarter location, which is right down the street from TCU where I graduated. So I did that, but I was holding on to my esports dream, if you will, of working in the esports scene. And then Dakota State had the position open for a head coach. I applied for it, got to meet Jeff. He brought me in on campus and we met the whole athletics department and I fell in love with it. The big kicker was Jeff. Jeff was and still is a really strong advocate for esports. You're talking about Jeff Dittman? Yep, correct. Yep, okay. Him and the president of the university, Dr. Marie Griffith. So the success of our program really is due to the foresight of those two. They saw that this is something that can become great and they did it the right way. They invested in it and they brought in a head coach. Not only that, but Jeff really wanted to give me the creative freedom to build this program the best way I saw fit. I could have gone back to Dell and worked my desk job at a corporate, you know, or I could come here and build something that I'm really proud of and that makes a difference for the students. I still have the list on my phone of pros and cons that I made on the plane flying back after my interview. And I look at it sometimes and the more I look at it, the more I realize that I made the right decision because it's opened up so many new doors and I've met so many great people. Working with the students here on campus has just been fantastic. You know, to see these guys develop real world skills, leadership skills right here in our program, it's a very humbling thing. You know, again, I'm going to ask maybe some obvious questions, but are there tryouts? Are there students that are recruited for esports? How does this work? Yeah. 
We have returners that come in that are like my rock, my foundation, kind of like the RAs are on campus to bring in new students. And these are my coordinators. And these guys help me do a lot of the managing of this program. As far as tryouts go, we have a one-week sort of tryout session. We call it boot camp, where we bring in all of our new students and returning students one week early. And it's really an integration tool so that we can get the new guys sort of processed and see how our organization runs. And they can see what our organization means on campus and, and how we function. Really just getting these guys involved with what we're doing, showing them, you know, what we do on a daily basis, how practicing and games are going to work throughout the season. And we get all of that done during boot camp. You get to know who your coordinator is and who your fellow teammates are going to be throughout the season. And that's one week before school starts. And then when school starts, we've got all this figured out so these guys can focus on class. I like to get them to play as many video games as they can during one week. That way they're sick of it and they can start focusing on classes when school starts. So that's sort of the integration process for new athletes coming in in the fall. In the spring, it's a little bit less severe, really. We have maybe a few guys trickle in, but most of the guys are already settled here. And that's the thing about our organization. We're very fluid. We've got guys who are coming in playing on JV rosters and then... They're like, I need to focus more on classes. That's totally great. Do that. And then we'll have guys coming in like, hey, I, I missed boot camp, but I really want to get involved. Yeah, come on in. You know, meet your coordinator, meet the guys who are going to be on your team, get to know these guys and find your fit. So we are very fluid. We've got guys coming in and out. But one of the hardest things to do right now in the country for an esports organization is scout or recruit, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because mm -hmm. we are an athletic program. You know, I'm, I need to scout League of Legends, Valorant players. I, I want good guys to come in here. And there's just no real foundation for that. There's no scouting Columbines or anything like that. It, it may be a little bit more simple because video games like League of Legends and Valorant have a rank system that I can go in and see exactly how good they are. But it's the recruiting process that's difficult. There are a lot of good guys in California that play this game, but how do I reach out to them and get them to come to Dakota State? So it's a little bit challenging because esports is still developing, but I can confidently say that I don't really need to recruit for this university. The university does the recruiting for me. You know, we've got cybersecurity and, and game design and, and all of these fantastic programs that just feed into what we're doing so well. These guys are coming to this university or, you know, they may be on the fence about a cybersecurity degree. And then when they see that we've got a fully fledged esports program, they're like, that's the kicker. So a lot of our majors and academics do a lot of the recruiting for me. It just makes sense that these guys that are on their computer all day gaming are going to fall in line with this tech mentality that we have here. So how many students are involved with esports? We teeter around 100. Some days I'll go over depending on, you know, the new guys that flutter in. Like I said, we're, we're pretty fluid, but we stay at around 100. I think I'm at like 97 right now on a sheet. But I know that there are guys who are joining rosters this week. But yeah, th those are about our numbers. And those are across seven different titles and multiple rosters. So I've got my varsity roster set across the board, and then we've got some JV rosters in play. And what are those seven different titles? Without having them right in front of me, League of Legends and Valorant are our top two. We've got Rocket League, Overwatch, Smite, Rainbow Six, and fighting games. So we've got various fighting games like uh, Smash Ultimate, Smash Melee, Tekken, Guilty Gear, and I kind of lump all of those into a fighting game. 
category. And we're always looking to kick up more, right? So like Apex has been a huge game that's taking hold in the esports world right now. And Respawn, the company that owns it, is investing a lot into it. So the video game is gaining a lot of momentum. We've got guys who are going to come in and compete playing that game. There are games out there that I didn't mention that we still compete in, but these are our like our rock or foundation been competing in these for three years now. I'd love to add more to that list because, you know, the mark of a good organization is diversity, right? We want to be able to include everyone to play all games. Well, and speaking of diversity, you and I have had conversations before this that there are young men and young women involved. Mm -hmm. Getting women involved in esports has been difficult. You know, we already have the barrier of tech things and then athletics and then video games. So with that being said, our, our numbers are growing. You know, in our first year, I think we had one female in our program. I think we have like five or six now, which isn't a lot considering we've got a hundred on our roster. But it's very important to me that we keep this you know, all-inclusive atmosphere going here. There are a lot of things that I'd love to do to ramp up those numbers, like an all-female League of Legends team or things along those lines. So I'm all for it. I, I love it. And, and, and when I talk to, you know, the females that we do have in our program, they don't really feel like there's a difference. You know, like they just plug and play. They're part of the crew. They're on the team. And there's no real... Distinction between the sexes. Exactly. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. So how does esports compare to traditional sports? I draw as many parallels as I can because it's easier to understand that way. I may go beyond my bounds a little bit and say that the closest sport we are would be like football. I'd love to get the amount of recognition and support that they do, but our athletes don't feel any different. They have more of a physical demand. Yeah but the expectations are the same. Practicing team mentality, respect, you know, we're training these guys and they're developing team skills to be able to coordinate with each other and, you know, process things. Player disputes are always a big thing that we have to do and learn and overcome. And, and I welcome things like that. These are the things that, you know, I want these guys to go through. Just like on a football team, when things get tough, you guys got to come together to overcome. And I want these guys to do that too. If, if there's someone that you're not working well on a team with, you got to be able to figure that out. Because what happens when you graduate college, you're put on a team and you don't like the guy you're working with. Now we can get you a little bit more of that experience. And that's something that athletics addresses really well is the team mentality. We're all working together to accomplish a goal. And so that's something that rings true across the board. The responsibility aspect of it, being able to manage your schedule with practices and games and school and extracurriculars and things like that. It takes a, an intelligent person to juggle all that. And that's why being a part of athletics helps us out a lot more. It puts us all in the same playing field. It, it may be a little bit more difficult for some people to understand, right? Because it's not a traditional sport. But as far as practice and, and all that goes, there's no distinction between the two. And what kind of time commitment? You, you mentioned practice like the other mm -hmm. sports. How frequently do they practice? How much do they practice? Mm -hmm. So I have 10 machines in our competition center. It's hard to juggle 10 machines for 100 athletes. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah. And it's tough because these guys want to get in there. You know, they, they want to put their time in and that's where they play on game days. And so they want to practice that game day feel as much as possible. It's been challenging for me to make sure that everything is fair across the board, but we're making it work. With every challenge comes opportunity for us to overcome. With these guys, you know, I love them to death because they can work amongst themselves. If Valorant has a game on Sunday night and Rainbow Six has practice at that time, they can work it out amongst themselves to come up with a great solution. Say, hey, we've got a game. We want to be in there. 
you guys can practice, keep it down. We got a game or something, you know, I've got great guys for coordinators and the success of our program is really due to all of them. These guys communicate across the board with different sports and they stay and coordinate with each other to make sure that the 10 PCs that we have works for all of us and that it's fair across the board. So I, I come in and manage when I can, but I've laid the law and the foundation for these guys to say, like, if you're on match day, you're going to be in the room. These are the equipment and PCs that you guys need to be on. If you've got practice, get it in. We have practice starting at three o'clock every day and it runs to midnight. They're in three hour sessions. Every game or every sport, if you will, has two practice sessions in the eSports Center a week and then one practice session online. So it's about nine hours a week, I suppose, and that's not including game days. So Sunday nights and Monday nights are League of Legends and Valorant. Valorant on Sunday nights, Monday nights League of Legends, and then we go live on Twitch with that too, so you can catch them there. It works because these guys can work together really well. That's great. So with esports being kind of a new thing to colleges, What's it been like finding competition? I know you helped create some around here. So can mm -hmm. you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, it's it's difficult because, I mean, if you think about it, football is established at every university. And not only that, but you've got like the NCAA, the NEIA who can come in and facilitate all these things. We don't have that. So when I'm looking for competition, there are national tournaments like Star League, AVGL, Conference One. There's, there's a bunch of different just like kick-up companies that are like, hey, there's a need for this. We'll do it you know, pay us. <laughs> and and because esports is so new, I, I don't like paying for competition, especially because this area is still developing. There are universities out there that are hungry to compete. Because esports right now is in its development phase and it's kind of like the Wild West, I reached out to some Midwest schools and said, hey, you know, we're all pretty local here. You know, we're all developing our esports scene. We all want this to be something great. We all believe in it. Let's work together on this and let's create our own little conference. You know, we'll communicate with each other about what our needs are for our university from our university, what they want to see from us and, and what we can bring back to them and show them that what we're doing is, is meaningful. So I started the Collegiate Champions League or CCL. It's just a kick up with a bunch of different universities from the Midwest. It started with, because I'm from Texas, I had a great network there. It started with half Texas schools, half Midwest schools so that we can kind of like communicate with them and there are a lot of really great programs in Texas too. So joining Midwest schools with Texas schools and have them mingle and compete with each other was was really great for those guys, but they're good. We brought in like UT and, and their Valorant team is like one of the best in the nation right now. And so they kind of destroyed all of us. <laughs> but it was an honor to play with them and get you to chat it. with them and, and, and learn all of that. But now this semester we've brought in the CCL. It's everyone within a four to five hour drive from Madison here. So we've got like University of North Dakota as far north as we go. And then we've got University of Nebraska down south. That's about as far as we go down south. I'm bringing all these guys together and say, hey, like we all want to build our programs together. We want to show our universities that we're doing great things. You know, let's, let's all come together here and have great competition and, and make this as easy as possible. Another big need for, you know, collegiate play in the esports world, like I said, I like to draw as many comparisons to traditional sports as possible. Traditional sports now have season schedules where we know every week, even weeks in advance, who we're playing. The majority of competition in collegiate esports right now is tournament-based. So you can enter into a NASTAR League tournament with 100 to 200 other schools in the nation They'll play one round of 82 where you're matched up against one team. And if you win, cool, you go on. If not, you're done. 
your season's done. And that's not fun. It's hard to follow. It's demoralizing for our guys. And it's just, it's not the best format for us. I can see how it might be a good format for the company who's putting that together and giving away scholarship money for it and all that. But but it doesn't work for building our scenes and for taking care of our players and things like that. So with the Collegiate Champions League that we put together, we've got a season schedule where we know who we're playing well in advance. I make sure that everyone that we are coordinating and cooperating with the other universities are around the same skill level as us so that the matches are meaningful and exciting. There are certain aspects of collegiate play that I'm addressing by doing this, by pulling everyone together. And it's by doing that, it's making it easier for us to report what we're doing to the university. And those competitions, you mentioned that you stream them on Twitch. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that differs a little bit from a normal athletic event? Sure. So streaming has been an initiative that I've always wanted to put into play. If our mid laner's mom wants to watch them compete, just like our quarterback's mom does, you know, we need to be able to do that. And it's fairly simple because it's all done online. Well, I say that because I don't exactly know how they do it. These guys are awesome. We've got IT working on it and they do an excellent broadcast show. But it started off as something that just the student organization wanted to do for our athletes. And it's something that I wanted to put in place for these guys because they deserve it. We started off as students, you know, coming up with and learning how to broadcast our matches on Twitch. And we've gotten to the point where our run of show and our production has just been so great. And and people look forward to this, that we've got IT now coming in and helping us with it. So we've got Tyler Steele and some paid positions to help us broadcast our matches. And our production value is just going through the roof. Every time we do it, it's getting better and better. So much so that the software that we're using vMix to put together the broadcasts and everything, we're doing it across the board now. So now the, like the football stream will be done with vMix and and things like that. So we're upgrading our broadcast potential. And this all started just from us wanting to get our, our matches out there to the public so you guys can watch. And it's turned into this beautiful broadcasting experiment that we're building on campus. So all credit goes to the students for starting it and wanting to get it done and being hungry and learning about how to do this on their own and, and really knocking it out of the park. Now we've got our broadcast booth and station with green screens and mics and and if you check us out on Twitch on Sunday and Monday nights at 8 o'clock, you'll see what our production looks like and the casters for our matches, like our, our broadcasters who kind of like host things and, and, and talk during the match. They're students because they know the game. And their mission during all of this is to translate what's happening in the match to you as an observer who may not know what League of Legends or Valorant is. But they'll walk you through it and they'll... And you, you buy into the hype because it gets fun. Last night's match, last night we played University of North Dakota in Valorant. And it was our first stream of the year and it was so much fun. You could tell that all of these guys were just really hungry to get back out and play. Our casters did an excellent job of keeping it fun and interesting. The match was really exciting. And so it's, it's just a great place to really sort of watch what we're doing. And if you want to learn more, it's a good place to come and see what a match looks like. It would be the same if you had no idea what football was. You know, I can sit here and explain to you what football is, but when you watch it, you get a different feel for it. And you start to understand what the rules and penalties mean and, and things along those lines. So it's the same thing. Tell us more about where we can get information about an upcoming match or future matches. Before we go live, we make a post on all of our social media channels. It's DSU Esports on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think we're going to uh, pull together a TikTok here soon for some clips for you guys to take a look at. But we post on all of our social medias when we go live. It's on Twitch TV. Our channel is DSU Esports underscore. So there's an underscore at the end. 
you just go to our channel and you'll hang out there until we go live. And then when we go live, you can follow the channel and that way you'll get an alert every time we do go live. That way you don't have to wait. That's where you'll find it. It's twitchtv.com and then in the search bar, DSU Esports underscore, and you'll see our logo. And you can go and check out previous matches that we've played. Last night's match will be on there as the most recent broadcast. You can go in and see how we did against them. But yeah, every Sunday, Monday nights, we'll be live on that site. Awesome. So if you could have people take away one thing about esports, what would you want that to be? The amount of respect that I think is owed to the guys that are doing this, to my athletes and to the coordinators who make all this happen. We're running just like a football or baseball in its early developmental days. They may not have had the amount of publicity like they do now, but it will come with time. The amount of hours that these guys put in training and you know dedicating themselves to their craft and and to this organization and the purpose that we have on campus. They're working hard to do something great and they deserve the amount of, you know, just as much recognition as any other sport gets on campus. Any follow-up questions, Gabe? What does the future look like? Where do you see this heading? You talked about uh, developing a conference and sharing some common interests with other institutions that have these programs, but how far do you see this thing going? I can see it getting as big as college football gets. The stepping stones are there. They've gone through this process and football has developed itself into this, you know, national iconic sport. There's a market for esports out there. There's a professional scene for it, especially in the collegiate scene. I always like to say that Esports really is a great tool to help you academically, to give you a sense of purpose on campus, you know, just like traditional athletics too. The foundation is there. We're just taking the steps to get there. With the amount of diversity in games for esports and the amount of people who are willing and interested to get involved because this is a passion they've had their whole life, you know, playing video games. And not only that, but there is a professional scene. So these guys are developing real world skills that they can use to go out and enter the esports market now. There are esports professional athletes, yes, but just like in football, there are professional athletes, but there's a whole lot that goes around that too. There's, you know, physical therapy and broadcasting, and there's so many components to that. And there are a lot of components to esports too. And there are a lot of jobs popping up in the esports industry right now. So getting involved at the collegiate level is almost a must to develop those skills and moving into that area. It's an athletic sport and I can see it following in line with all other traditional athletic sports. Anything else you'd like to plug? I plugged our Twitch stream, and that's a big one. I, I would urge everyone to go out and, and take a look at our streams. If you're curious, there's a chat box there, too, so you can ask questions to the guys who are talking on stream about what things are and, and, and what things look like. It's it's a really fun way to get involved with esports, watching and checking out what we do. The big thing that I want to do is just shout out all of the students in our organization. None of this is possible without them. They help me run and manage everything. I run all my decisions by them because this is their organization. We're you know, we're doing this together. The success of our program is really marked by the guys in our program who are working hard. And so I, I want to give them a big shout out and to this university, you know, for having the foresight and seeing that, you know, this is definitely something that's growing and will be huge one day. And 
And we got in early and we're doing it right. I need other universities to follow suit. I need them to start hiring coaches. And then we need our own NAIA, NCAA conference. That way I don't have to host our competitions. You know, I can I can put it into larger hands and it can be done the right way. That's going to come within the next couple of years even. So we're developing more every year and we're building and esports is growing. So it's an exciting time to get involved and understand what we're doing. Excellent. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank we enjoyed having you. Yes, very much. Very interesting. Yeah, I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun and uh, my door's always open. If you guys have any questions, let me know. <laughs> and thank you to our podcast producer, Xander Morrison. Thank you to the listeners for Cyberology. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Thanks. 